Hello, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the uh, 28th, 28th, 28th of July, 2020. Huh? There we go. Man, I've been thinking, uh, I just, I think the difference between doing this podcast and doing stand-up, because I just like, before I do the pod, I sit there and I kind of breathe in and out and I tell myself, slow down, no, have fun, slow down, be in the moment, have fun, one on each breath, you know, that's my mantra. Thank you for listening, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I do that. <laughs> Aggressive gratitude. Um just in the middle of a... Th- that's more annoying than not, really. No one's sitting there going, yeah, okay, it's like I, we're getting all your thoughts and stuff, but like say thank you, you fucking rude prick. Um, anyway, so the difference between doing this and doing stand-up is I do that before I do stand-up as well, but to, I'm always so scared when I start doing this. Every time before I start, I feel scared and then I just, but I start and it's like, you know, now I'm fucking here, I'm doing it. But um, in stand-up, they call your name. Someone calls your name. And so like you have to start. I always had that problem a little bit with doing um, like my own shows as well. Is it's like, that? I think that's why I like to start on the stage by myself as everyone walks in because then I like I'm there and I'm looking at all of them. And so I can make myself feel more comfortable about being there rather than being backstage and then having to introduce myself. And then like, it just, there's something about another person calling your name and like making you, you know, go onto the stage or making you start the thing rather than having to start it in your own time. Starting it in your own time is just scary because the whole time I'm like, I could just not do this. I could just not do it. And like, you know, wouldn't that be nice or whatever. But then as soon as I start doing it, it sounds like I don't want to do this. I do. I'm glad to be here. I'm fuck. I'm so, I am so fucking grateful to have this outlet right now. When there's no comedy. I just spoke to uh, my dear friend Kyle Legacy. um, Scouse comedian and um, homeless layabout Kyle Legacy. um, Who's in Sydney at the moment. And uh, he's doing fucking three gigs a week. That fucking rat-faced little wannabe black piece of shit. Is doing three gigs a week. He's like, yeah, it's not really that good this week because like, you know, but it's all right. Like I made 400 bucks, so like it's fine, but it's like, it's not great. And I'm like, cunt, I've done 10 gigs since fucking March. Oh God, I miss it. Anyway, how are you guys doing? How's your week? How is your, I keep thinking I'm only talking to people in Melbourne, but I know other people are listening to this, but I just, my mind is in Melbourne right now. Oh God. I can't leave mentally or physically or spiritually. Um, ah, fuck it. I'll talk about it. I had a good cry yesterday. I had a, I had a cry. I felt like I, uh, I hadn't cried in like that in like five years, maybe. And um, it really felt good. It felt like, I think, 
I, so the reason I cried is I was walking down the street and uh, I guess my ex or the girl, whatever that I was seeing was there, called out to me and I just, I'm not going to go into it cause it doesn't really matter. Like nothing happened, but like, I just didn't give a good account of myself. <laughs> I just wasn't ready for it. You know, it really shook me up to have an interaction with her and, um, I came home and I just fucking like told my housemate what had happened. <laughs> I was not ready for it at all. Um, and, uh, and, and it like, it stunned me at how stunned I was as well. Like I didn't expect to be so shook from it. And then, so that shock coupled with like, I think it just made everything kind of catch up with me. Like there was that. And then the fact that I haven't done stand-up and uh, I'm not looking like being able to do it for like, you know, at least another month. I, I reckon it'll be September before, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like September before I can do fucking stand-up again, at least. And uh, yeah, just like that. And then like the stuff with, you know, the guys moving out of here and that's like a weird change and just everything in my life feels like it's changed. And I also then can't do what I would do normally reflexively as a way to deal with that, which is just be around people. So it's all fucked. And I just felt like I've, I've been talking all week about how it just sits there. Like I can't cry. I've been talking to a few people about it and about how I would have loved to have been able to cry lately, but I just feel like I can't. And I've just been saying like, it just sits fucking right there. Maybe I even said it on the pod last week. What reminds me that I might have is that I'm very aware at the moment that I'm making a motion to my sternum when I say it sits right there. And then I just cast my mind back to like, I reckon I've done this before on the distinctly non-visual podcast pointed to a part of my body when describing a feeling. Um, yeah, I reckon I might have done that last week. Anyway, fucking whatever. So I've been talking about how I can't cry. And I walked home, spoke to my housemate. She said a few things which seemed like, you know, kind of on the money for me. And it was a really nice conversation. And then we just started talking after that. We just got onto a, like a normal conversation. And halfway through it, I had to be like, so, man, hold up. Can I just, I think I need to go to my room. <laughs> and I like came into my room and I just had in my head, this moment normally is when I would like just go on my phone or listen to music or do something or write or whatever can I just not do that and uh, and just sit with this feeling for a second and see what happens? And so that's what I did. I sat with the feeling. I kind of just got on my bed, face down, threw my phone and wallet and everything to the side and just sat there and the tears did flow. <laughs> it felt so good, man. To like just, ah, oh, the emotion. I felt like I was feeling emotions. Um, and it made me think like, what does, does that count? Like I was, as I started crying, a part of me was like, does this count? <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? Like I'm still caught up in the idea of like, I've said I wanted to cry and other people around me have said that they've been crying. And so hopefully it happens now so that I like, even just for the fact of having, being able to say like, yes, I did cry makes me feel better as well. I don't know. There's something, to be honest, though, actually, that's not quite it because there is something very present about crying. There's no, 
there's no hiding in the past or the future when you're cry- when you're crying you're just fucking crying aren't you but when i'm on my phone or or listening to music or whatever the fuck it is i feel like often i'm in the past or in the future and and i just needed to arrive in the present ugh who do i think i am anyway i did that and I was like, that definitely counts. I felt the tears, like I felt like the wetness on my face. And I was like, yes, that counts. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not a dry cry. It's a wet cry. A full fucking cry, mate. Get the tissues out. Did that. And then, you know, <laughs> wiped my face on my sleeve. Went out to my housemate and was like, I just cried. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and then today, right, I go to TAFE. It's Monday. As I've, it's, it's pretty much always Monday when I record these now. I think I just, I still say that it's for Tuesday because I just can't bear to be any more like Bill Burr, you know. I know this podcast is basically Bill Burr's podcast, but if he was like not insightful or wise or good at stand-up or, <laughs> or like has his life together or anything, if Bill Burr was a fucking idiot... Um, yeah, so, uh, but anyway, whatever. It's Monday right now. This podcast is, I guess, for the Tuesday's podcast. But um, for those people who don't understand that reference, Bill Burr's podcast comes out on a Monday. All right. So I go to TAFE today. Week two of TAFE, settling in very nicely. Thank you, thank you, yes. Yeah, it's uh, quite interesting, actually. The people are nice. The uh, It's a little bit far away, but I don't mind the travel. I don't mind it. You go on the train and I get to read me book. I've been listening to a Spanish podcast. I don't know why I'm talking like that. These are all genuine thoughts that I have, but I can't connect to them right now. Because I'm scared I might cry again. <laughs> oh, one thing that was good, actually, was my housemate made fun of me because when I when I got surprised by the girl on the street, right, the <laughs> She said hello, and I kind of stopped, and I don't think she expected me to stop. I thought she just, I don't know what the fuck, how the fuck, right? She acted like it was weird that I'd stopped, and it was like, I haven't seen you in a month and a half, and the last time we saw each other, we were both hurting each other, as if, what am I going to fucking doff my cap, like, "Mm, hello, (laughs) just keep walking, like, (laughs) I don't know, man. It was like she thought, uh, yeah, she evidently thought it was weird that I stopped. And then I, but I had stopped, you know, and I didn't know how to. She also was absolutely right to bail from the situation because there was no way I had the presence of mind to be able to. Um, And I was so shell shocked. (laughs) I had my hands on my head. Like, you know, the move when you have both your hands just resting on top of your head? It was like watching, like when you're. At live sport, watching your team squander a three-goal three lead from half-time. Um, shout out to any Ajax fans listening in. If watching your team lose from a winning position and you're just like, no, how is this happening? I'm watching this awful thing happen. That was the mo- I had my hands on my head like that. And when I told my housemate that, she just fucking started laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> And that felt real good, actually, to be able to have, yeah, it was nice to have someone laugh at me to be like, look, I I sympathize with you and, you know, everything, but you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, thank you. That's good. 
Mm. Anyway, so I'm on the um, yeah, I'm on the fucking getting the train to TAFE. It's been nice, man. Listening to listening to the Spanish podcast, trying to up my Spanish a little bit, and fucking reading a new book. I'm going to tell you about this book that I've been reading in a second, but um. Yeah, so I do TAFE today. It was nice, man. I'm getting to know a few of the people there. They're nice people and the work's not very hard. I don't know. I think the faculty and everything are kind of struggling with um, COVID restrictions and stuff as well because they've had to – they only have half the amount of time to deliver the course to us because the normally it's like a, a full day. Normally the, the class goes in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from 9 till 4. But now the sizes of the classes are halved because you can't have that many people in one room. So there's a morning and an afternoon, but they still have the same amount of shit to fucking tell us. So it's like a half day and then the rest of it's going to be online or do whatever. So they're kind of freaking out about that. Um, so yeah, the whole thing feels like a bit of a mess right now. And I fucking really feel for these people trying to get this course delivered and figure out how to teach the thing that they want to teach us but in like a completely different oh, I don't know that must be so fucked um and so I do that the half day today and then I we did like soil tests and stuff which was cool and then I'm coming home on the train and I'm reading the stats from the day and it's like what was it today like 500,000 cases 500 something 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 fucking cases whatever and I just like that again was like, well, you know, it's gone up again. That's 500 for Melbourne, 550 or something. Um, and I just started thinking like, God, it's going to be so long until comedy comes back. And I started feeling that, that feeling again. And it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as strong. Not bad. It's not bad. It's strong. <laughs> That's one of those unhelpful thinking styles again. Catastrophizing. Um yeah, it wasn't as strong as it was like on Sunday, but I still felt... And so I was just like, let me sit with this again, put my phone face down on the seat. I'm sitting there, the train's still, I'm waiting for it to go. No one's around. And I like had a moment where like I noticed when I was crying on Sunday that it was really like a... <laughs> but like my voice, like I'm a man. So my voice has like a bit of depth and timber to it. So when I cry, it's, it sounds fucked. I don't like it. I don't know that I want to cry like that around someone. As much as, okay, it's a strong thing to cry, to show your feelings. There's nothing to be ashamed about. But just the sound of like, <laughs> it's so pathetic. <laughs> just the sound of a man crying. <laughs> I can't even I don't even know maybe next <laughs> maybe next time I cry I'll try and have like the presence of mind to fucking I'll see if I can get a recording of the sound maybe that'll take me out of the moment which is not what I want the whole point is to be in the moment I don't know just the sound of crying is real brutal and um yeah, I, d I so I made the sound today, but it was a dry cry. It wasn't a wet cry. It was a dry cry on the train. But it was nice to be like, all right, I kind of, I feel like I've learned something about myself that when those feelings come, to sit with them and let them be there and happen, and 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 then maybe I'll cry or maybe I won't or I'll feel them to feel. Imagine being able to. F maybe that's the skill of feeling. Maybe that's what I just discovered yesterday with my hands on my head. <laughs> 
staring, staring at this poor woman. <laughs> going, I don't know what to do right now, but I never thought I would have to live through this moment. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um Speaking of, of 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 fucking recording shit to take you out of the moment, the picture, the peak, the picture, there's something to peek at. The picture for this week, the photo is. Uh, I mean, I, this might be an overshare, but I've just talked about crying. So, um, I went to the dentist like a few months ago at the start of the pandemic, and uh, I've got some fillings in my fucking top and bottom. But I got one that's from London, like five years ago, that I chipped a tooth when I was biting into some bread in Copenhagen one summer. What a problem to have. <laughs> I got some artisan bread in Copenhagen. And it was a little too spicy for my little toothy pegs. Um, ugh. Yeah, I, just, I remember I bit into it, swallowed, and then like finished the mouthful. And like I just felt my tooth in my tongue. And I was like, oh, half my tooth is missing now. And I just, the rest of that two-week holiday, I just spent with half of my tooth missing, went back to London and got a feeling. And my dentist has said it's like not, a good feeling like they don't we don't do that in australia that's just like shitty uk dentists they would never i don't know it's silver or something it's just a bad kind of feeling and she's like it's fine like it's not dangerous or anything but we would never use that kind of feeling in australia and anyway my dentist has told me though you got to floss every day that's a new thing that i'm trying to do is floss every day i bought a bunch of different flossing implements like a, a different types of floss and then there's this one thing they're like little uh, what are they? I guess they're kind of like forks. If you can imagine a two-pronged fork and at the ends of the prongs, there's a bit of floss running in between the two prongs, just one bit. So it's like a little implement, like a claw that you can kind of reach into your mouth and use that bit to floss and it reaches in. And I don't know, I guess, yeah, I just got, I wanted to get a bunch of different types of things, you know, and that one on the cover, it just has like biodegradable. And so I'm like, well, that's good for the planet. Meanwhile, the other floss doesn't have any plastic parts to it. So actually, that's probably better for the planet. But because there's like a picture of a leaf on the box, I bought that one that said biodegradable. Fucking how good of a consumer am I? Um, I've got a bunch of different things. And, and uh, maybe this is why it's better is because the actual floss that I got, like the wheel of white, you know, tape or whatever, um, I was using that. But I noticed that the bit, the, the tooth where I have that filling, when I go to floss in there... I can put it in, you know how you put it up, the fucking gap between your teeth, but I can't get it out because the filling is like, it's like jagged and it catches. And that tape floss stuff, the tape, it just, the filling just shreds it to bits. So I like go and I can't get it out. So I just have to pull it all the way through. And I feel like it's like shredding a bit of the tape off of the floss. Does this make sense? Like it's, it's like uh, shaving a bit of it off. And I was scared because it feels weird. I was like, is that getting stuck between my teeth? But I'm like, no, surely not. Or else it'd just be hanging out of my mouth. But when I use the claw one, I can get it in there. And there's no way to thread it all the way through because it's attached to those two prongs. So I just have to fucking fiddle around with it until it goes and like breaks in my teeth. And I, I don't know which is better, but I can tell that 
it's good to floss. That is the bit. Originally, I was just avoiding flossing that bit altogether because I was like, well, I'm just going to get shit stuck in there. But whenever I floss it, there's stuff there. That's pretty gross, isn't it? But there is. You want the fucking truth? Well, here's the truth. There's stuff there, all right? You can't handle it, bro. Uh, <laughs> Weirdly aggressive there. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Um, so, yeah, but I, in the last few days, I've really felt something weird there. And I'm like, is that a bit of food? But I've realized slowly but surely that it is a piece of this fucking floss tape stuck in between my teeth. But it's too short for me to be able to get a purchase on. But it's fucking right there. And just before I started this podcast, when I sit here and do some notes for half an hour or whatever... I fucking got one of the prong fork boys and I did it and I fucking felt it and I went, ah, and I got it out and it had been there for like a week, I reckon. Just this bit of dental floss. This is the overshare, but like there was a bit of dental floss stuck in between my fucking teeth. Just I could feel the edge of it. And I just was like, I, I was thinking like, am I going to need to buy a pair of tweezers and go in there? Or like, am I just going to need to go to the dentist and be like, hey man, everything's cool, but... You told me to floss my teeth and now there's floss in my fucking teeth and I can't get it out because the British filling in there. So you got to go in there and get it out, please. Thank you. And I guess that'll be another $200 or whatever. I got it out and it was just, it was, it. I mean, I would compare the level of relief to the crying that I had today and yesterday, but it was laughing rather than crying. I got this floss out and I was just like, ah, ah. <laughs> it was amazing. Ah, ah. <laughs> that was an incredible feeling. And I, in that moment, was like, this is a good picture for the podcast this week. So I got my phone out and my fucking finger was like wet. So I couldn't get, do the fingerprint to turn on. So I had to do my code and then I put it on myself and I took a picture and it's of me holding up this little bit of floss and laughing looking at the camera so that's the picture for this week if you want to see that go on at sitting under podcast on Instagram I'll have all of the fucking someone last week was like don't deep dream the thing man if you go on the Instagram you've got the deep dream version of the image and then scroll to the end through all the versions and the last one is the original so you can see what it came from I don't know why I do it like that but I just think the deep dreams look cool so it's just something that I like to do for me every week. Um, oh, here, all right. Fuck, I still got a bunch of shit to talk about. Here's something that's uh, happened that's kind of cool this week that I did want to talk about. Oh, my God. I don't know if this is okay to laugh at, but I feel like it is. And then I guess I'll... T oh, no, maybe I'll just talk about the... Uh, I want to talk about a... I want to talk about a book. I want to talk about... Selling my last chair to this guy, and I want to talk about this Twitter fight that I witnessed. I'll talk about the Twitter fight now, and then I'll fucking do the book and the chair together, I reckon, because those stories kind of intertwine. Look at this little peek behind the curtain that you guys are getting. Um, who cares? So, I saw this um, fight on Twitter, and it just... I I guess it's like... I always think to engage in a fight online is like the level of arrogance that you need to have to sincerely offer your opinion online. I always catch myself about to do it. And then I remember, you know, that episode of South Park 
where they play World of Warcraft and that guy keeps killing him and like in the game and then it, it keeps cutting to the picture of the guy and it's just some fat dude sitting in a chair with Dorito crumbs all down his stomach. That is the picture in my head that I get when I feel myself about to like I'm reading through a comment section on Twitter or something and I feel myself forming an opinion and I'm like, all right, let me fucking weigh in. The image of that guy flashes into my head because that's who I realize I'm becoming. If you're if I'm about to weigh in on a Twitter argument, that's that fat cunt sitting in front of a computer with Dorito crumbs down his chest. That's me fucking flexing, cracking my knuckles, getting ready to type my little opinion out into the world. And um, But it's hard because, you know, every time I the emotions come up when I read this stuff. So anyway, this was the conversation. Some guy wrote, tweeted, am I being a massive snob for absolutely detesting when a bloke calls his partner the missus, right? 24,000 likes, 1,800 retweets. And... All of the comments on this, like, I mean, look, as that that tweet, f- detesting when a bloke calls his partner the missus, I mean, there's a few things going on there. There's probably a bit of classism going on there, a bit of, like, actually, you are probably being a snob a little bit. Maybe he's trying to cast it in a feminist angle, like, a lot of people in the comments, or like, someone here goes, anything other than calling them by their name and explaining who they are, if necessary, feels off to me. Like, what's this guy? Like, she has a name, sir. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, he knows. He's fucking dating her, all right? Not every relationship is a guy dehumanizing the woman he's with. Maybe give her a bit of credit for fucking choosing that guy. Um, buh, 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 buh. Someone else goes, nope, good to raise this kind of thing and glad more people are becoming aware of these kind of nuances. I also hate the phrase, the other half, which implies you are not whole unless you're in a couple. Just fucking people climbing into each other's assholes here. Um, someone goes, and then, but here's the thing, right? Is I'm like, okay, rolling my eyes at these fucking losers. Cause it's a, at the end of the day, it's someone else's relationship. Why are you fucking, com- why are you weighing in? That's on you. If someone's if if two people are in a relationship and they have a particular way of addressing each other and that makes you upset, well, that's probably on you, I reckon. You need to think about why that's making you upset cuz that's their relationship and it's got fucking nothing to do with you, idiot. And so I'm on the side of the I'm like, okay, surely someone's going to come on in, in a second and tell these people how fucking dumb they're being, but the people who are coming on and in essence agreeing with me are also fucking idiots because this guy goes, bet you are a riot at parties, Mandy, for fuck's sake. Um, someone else going, oh, what are they, where are some of these? The other half is about the biggest compliment you can pay somebody. You're not denying that they are a whole person. You're saying that they are not whole without them, i.e. they complete you. Oh, no, that's not a good one. Wait, where's one of the good ones? Oh, someone here just said, if you are ever, if you ever meet someone who is your ideal partner and can finish your sentences, who you can't imagine life without, then you'll get it. And that's like a pretty reasonable, but then that person's like display picture is just like a giant snake with wings turning into a human. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. Um... Someone here just put my hatred of this one and the missus transcends location. I can assure you he's quoting someone else's comment. And then he's just put ha 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 transcends location. Ha ha ha. Defuck you on about Doris. 
wow, too many millennial snowflakes with too much time on their hands and nothing to worry about. So, look, everyone's given a pretty fucking solid account of themselves here. Someone else goes, uh, so if the word is seen as a put-down for the woman, you're against it. But if it's a put-down for the man, you like it. You're a hypocrite. And then someone goes, calm down, sausage. And then the reply person goes, oh, don't worry, shithead. I'm cool. I don't follow other people to get me riled up. Oh, I don't allow other people to get me riled up. That was just an observation, really. But thanks for your concern. <laughs> well, my favorite one. Um, and I guess I'm doing the same thing here because I've refused to weigh in on their conversation and embarrass myself, but I will read it semi in private on my fucking podcast. Like I'm just as fucking stupid as all of these people for even having an opinion on this or reading it really. But my justification is like, it made me laugh so hard. This, this is the one, right? This guy goes, I was in the barber's and a fellow was getting his beard trimmed. The barber asked him, how's that, mate? No joke. He said, I'll have to ask the missus, then pulled out his iPhone and FaceTimed her from the chair. I nearly projectile vomited. Like, okay, sure. Someone's reply to him says, that's funny because I nearly projectile vomited when I cast my eyes across your profile picture that you most certainly had approved by your missus. And it's like his picture is him with the lady, whatever. And then he, he replied, she died last year, thanks. Whoa! <laughs> Which, I mean, she almost certainly didn't. Don't, uh, you know, anyway, fuck. All right, you know what? That feels like a bit of an anticlimax, actually, but <sighs> the point is people on Twitter are stupid and so am I. Okay, next. Was that fun? I feel like that was fun. She died last year. Thanks. Did she really die last year? I mean, that just, if if that person, if the lady in that person's picture really did die last year, that's so awful. But if she actually did die last year, there's no way you're saying she died last year like that. I kind of want to go in and find out whether she did like, you know, in his profile or whatever, but I'm also not going to. But uh, me and my housemate were talking about that, about the lengths people will go to to win an argument online because that just feels like that guy's lying but invoking what an awful thing to have to to, to invoke. Like you care so much about whatever. Point is, man, someone at fucking TAFE today, like one of the nicest dudes that I've met there, I'm asking him, like, what did you do on the weekend? And he's like, oh, not much. You know, me and the missus, like, we fucking do this. And, and I, like, he, he used that word, the missus. And it just, it didn't strike me as odd at all. It sounded like this guy is in a perfectly loving and respectful relationship with a woman. And that's fine. Who, fuck you. Fucking, ugh. Calling someone out trying to get on your fucking PC high horse because someone's calling their partner the missus. Go fuck yourself, I reckon. Eat a dick. Ugh. Yeah, that, that did upset me, actually. It made me angry and I had to stop. Here's my new rule. <clears throat> new rule, ongoing rule. I feel like I've been trying to abide by this for a while, but if I see some shit online and it's making me feel stuff, no. Just stop, Aiden. Don't weigh in. Don't say anything. 
don't try and enter into an argument because then I'm just going to be trying to win the argument and then I'm just as bad as that guy who's pretending that his girlfriend's dead. <laughs> I mean, that is horrific. What happens if your girlfriend does die now, mate, and you've said that online, like how awfully you're going to feel, you know? That's the fear, isn't it? That just like, don't tempt the gods, man. I mean, like, okay, we don't believe in God, whatever, but it's just... There's got to be some sort of deference to a, like a the power of the jinx, you know? Is that guy touching wood when he fucking says that? Hey, baby, just so you know, I'm just going to tell someone online that you're dead to win an argument right now. But I, you, I know you're not dead and I hope that you keep living for a very long time. I love you so much. You complete me. And I don't know what my life would be without you, but I'm just going to tell a random stranger that you're dead so that they'll apologize to me and tell me that my story was good. <laughs> no, man, no. Um, <clears throat> all right. So there's that. Um, oh, you know what? I'm not going to tell the story about the chairs. I'm just going to fucking talk about this book that I've been reading. I've been reading this book. I, fi I finished it in three days. Um, Alain de Botton is the name of the author, which I always like to, Alain de Botton, I always like to, in my head, whenever I read that name, I'll spell it out, A-L-A-I-N space D-E space B-O-T-T-O-N, Alain de Botton, but in my head, I say Alan of Button, which makes me laugh every time, like Alan, who is from Button, like I guess his name came from de Botton, it's like French or something, I don't know, but imagine a town called Button. And imagine like a bogan guy or some person who is uncultured, not like me. I've been to France. I mean, it's, just, it's just very silly to feign ignorance to things that you clearly are very well versed in. Um, and that is how I make myself feel smart. It's by pretending to be dumb. That's my new way to feel smart now is to say things that I know how they're said, but say them wrong intentionally. And that's what I do when I read the name Alan of Button. All right. So the book's called Essays in Love and um, he's a philosopher and I guess this book is just the story of his, like it's a love story of him and this girl and it goes from the beginning when they meet um, through their relationship to the end and then it's kind of interspersed with his philosophical musings and he relates it to various philosophical texts because he's like a philosopher Um but it feels like it's real everyday type shit. And actually, it starts off feeling like, oh, this is just going to be a philosophical text breaking down ideas around love. But <clears throat> by the end, you realize, oh, man, no, this guy has actually told us a story. And I'm so fucking connected to it. And it was really beautiful. Um, I'm just going to read the first like couple sentences here and then the last bit of the first paragraph because this... I really, oh, I just, I just, it's nice. It's nice. First chapter is called Romantic Fatalism. I read this book in like three days. Um, I just churned through it. The longing for a destiny is nowhere stronger than in our romantic life. All too often forced to share a bed with those who cannot fathom our soul. We, uh, can we not be excused for believing contrary to all the rules of our enlightened age that we are fated one day to run into the man or woman of our dreams? Can we not be allowed a certain superstitious faith that we will ultimately locate a creature who can appease our painful yearnings? So that. And then that's like the first bit. And then he talks about how... 
he and this girl met on a plane. They were sat next to each other and he talks about how because they were in love, they ascribed this sense of fate to their meeting when actually it was just sheer chance. And the last paragraph of the first chapter, he says, My mistake was to confuse a destiny to love with a destiny to love a given person. It was the error of thinking that Chloe, rather than love, was inevitable. But my fatalistic interpretation of the start of our story was at least proof of one thing, that I was in love with Chloe. The moment when I would feel that our meeting or not meeting was in the end only an accident only a probability of 1 in 989.727, would also be the moment when I would have ceased to feel the absolute necessity of a life with her and thereby have ceased to love her. And I thought that was a really nice bit of foreshadowing, you know? Like it says everything in that bit. It's like, here's how we met. Here's the start. He says he fell in love with her almost straight away, which I thought was a big gamut and I really loved. He was like the moment that he kind of felt like he needed to be around her that was the moment that he was like okay i'm in love with her and then he foreshadows by the end that he's not going to be in love with her by the end of this book but it doesn't say how or anything like that and um i don't know it made me laugh it made me cry it made me feel stuff and uh yeah, I just that was actually the book that I was reading when I was walking along the street and the girl called out to me that made me cry half an hour after that. I think that was why it caught me off guard was because I was reading that and I was going through like towards the end of it he talks about after the relationship and you know moving on and whatever and I was feeling I was reading that section and feeling very connected to those feelings at that moment. And then I hear the voice call out and I turn around and it's fucking her. <laughs> She's right. Ah! You know, God, it was brutal. Um, so, yeah, that was that moment. And I guess I get the story of the fucking chairs is um, those chairs that I was selling. I sold the last one the other day and the guys rocked up to the door and knocked on the door. And I was just talking to my housemate about the book. I was just about to finish reading it. It was after I'd cried. It was post cry, but pre finish of the book and uh, they knocked on the door and they were like, oh yeah, we've come to get that chair. And I was like, yeah, sorry. I was just telling my rhapsodizing was the word that I used. I was just rhapsodizing about this book that I'm reading. And they were like, oh, what book? And I grabbed it and I was like, this one, look, Essays in Love by Alan of Button. <laughs> and they were like, cool, man. Can we take the chair? I was like, <laughs> whenever people came to get those chairs, I felt like every person who came, I was like, maybe this will be a new friend for me. <laughs> That's how lonely I am. I've got to get more chairs and sell them just for the chance of maybe possibly making a new friend. God, I'm lonely. <sighs> oh, there's me sitting in an emotion. How about that? The song for this week is going to be Tell Me Why by The Kid Leroy. Uh, I had not heard of this kid until Friday when I was at home about to play some Civilization 6. And uh, I was looking for some music to play. And the thing, you know, when Spotify just gives you like a little recommendation and it said 16 year old Australian rap prodigy. And that was enough for me to be like, you know what? Yeah. Let me give this kid a go. And the album is so good. It's called fuck love. 
and there's all these skits of like, I guess I'm just fucking all about the sad boy breakup shit at the moment, aren't I? Feeling all these feelings and emotions. And uh, yeah, there's all these skits of like him on the phone to the girl that he's evidently breaking or broken or whatever up with. Um, and uh, then all these songs about breaking up. And he's fucking 16, but it's so good. It's like good party, rap, trap, whatever, big bass lines, huge stuff for the club. God, I would love to get into it. This is, it's not often that I find myself wanting to be in a nightclub, but listening to this and knowing that if it played in a club, I would know the words, that makes me want to get out there and show people that I've still got it. Um, <laughs> but there's this, this song, Tell Me Why, he keeps going, tell me why, tell me why, is it so hard to say goodbye? And the, I, this is how I know I'm getting old, is because when I was walking around li- like with that song in my head and um, that line is so funny to me because all I can, th- when I'm like, tell me why is it so hard to say goodbye, I'm like, you know why it's so hard, mate? I can tell you. It's because you're fucking 16, all right? because nothing has happened to you in your fucking life. That's why it's so hard to say goodbye, to break up with, a, you know, the voicemails of him. There's one of the sketches or skits. Ugh, God, I sound like an old man. One of the little sketches. One of the skits on the thing is uh, her voicemail on his phone going like, you had Melissa over there? Fuck you. Blah, 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 blah. Like evidently he fucked one of her friends. And, uh, yeah, I'm listening to that. And then one of the songs, why is it so hard to say goodbye? I'm like, clearly what, why is it so hard to break up with a girl and you fucked her best friend? And that's so hard for you that you had to write a song about it where you're like, (laughs) I mean, it's a good song, but shut up. Anyway, so I go on, uh, I go on Genius to search the lyrics to try and find more of the lyrics to this song so I can fucking laugh at this kid more. And then I find the lyric, um, buh, 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 buh. watched all my idols die right in front of my eyes. And then I remembered that one of the tracks on the album is a, um, a track with Juice World, that rapper who died last year. And I'm like, oh, this one isn't about the breakup. This one is about his friend dying. <laughs> and i realized i've been going around like i was going in my head like that's a good bit i might do that as a stand-up bit why is it so hard to say goodbye mate because you're fucking you're 16 you idiot and you're just breaking up with a girl and you don't know anything because you're a child and then i realized the song's actually about his mate who died of a fucking accidental drug overdose and i'm like ah you know what i reckon yeah let him have it maybe he's been through some shit (laughs) (laughs) sorry mate yeah your friend dying that actually does sound like a tough one can't say i've got any experience with that kind of stuff actually so you're on your own good song though cheers for the (laughs) cheers for the party anthem (laughs) anyway here's that song and that's been me that's been the podcast thank you guys so much for listening this has been aiden jones sitting under a tree peace Tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye Tell me why, tell me why Tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye And when I get inside of my mind I lose
about the time we spent Tell me why you left when you told me this was forever and Tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye Lost so many people to this shit Can't even speak upon this shit I say shit, I'm way too damn young It shouldn't need to be like this I swear that I'm way too damn numb To even think about this shit But when it's late, I lay awake I get to tweaking in this bitch Overthinking, overdrinking Hennessy up in this bitch And I'ma taste another word Till I can't think up in this bitch Cause if I keep thinking about our memory Then it's gon' be in memory of me Tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye And when I get inside of my mind I lose my time Thinking about the times we had Thinking about the time we spent Tell me why you left when you told me this was forever And tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye yeah. I can't count all the tears I cried So many sleepless nights Watch all of my idols die Right in front of my eyes She asked why my heart's so cold and I just can't even lie I think that I'm better off Without you with me tonight Better off alone Cause I won't take it where I live You come in my life just to go like the rest is Why the fuck does God keep testing Put my heart to bed, let it rest in peace Tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye And when I get inside of my mind I lose my time Thinking about the time we spent Tell me why you left when you told me this was forever And tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye Tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye And when I get inside of my mind I lose my time Thinking about the times we had Thinking about the time we spent Tell me why you left when you told me this was forever And tell me why, tell me why It's so hard to say goodbye